Hi, I'm Caleb. Hey, I'm Spencer. And this is something new we're trying for the Mix 6 podcast called Hot Takes on Ice. So we've gotten some suggestions every week uh, for our regular podcast that would prefer something more topical and in the news, and we understand that, though you got to maintain the backlog here. So we're in a bit of a conundrum. So what we're going to do is a little mini-cast for you, see if anybody's down for that. Uh, that will not be backlog. It will be just what is currently in the news or what has recently happened, so you don't have to deal with the typical delay waiting for your next hit of Mix 6. So we're going to also be reviewing something other than beer for once, because we are, as alcoholics, don't like to limit ourselves. That's right. Uh, Diversity and, is the spice of life. And so we're going to start talking about some hard alcohol on here, though we're not going to rate it, because I don't want to force myself through a hard alcohol I don't like. That's right. Uh, so we're just going to drink stuff we really like. And speaking of stuff we really like, what are we drinking right now, Spencer? We are drinking the Mecca of whiskeys, bourbon, technically. This is Blanton's Bourbon out of Kentucky, and it is God's gift to bourbon and to people like you and me who are looking for who are looking for the best bourbon. I've never been so thankful for Kentucky. So, uh, you know, my first experience with Blanton's Bourbon, you brought me some as a Christmas gift, I think, two years ago, and I'd heard rumors, but it's really hard to find in the Midwest. It is. And when you do find it, most liquor stores limit you to one bottle mm -hmm. because they get... What typically happens around here is that a liquor store will buy its own single barrel of Blanton's, and then they'll sell their own reserve stock of it to one-at-a-time customers. And so it's pretty difficult to find. So when you brought me some, I was pretty happy. Had no idea what I was about to do to my body. Uh, and the last two years have been really rough for my liver, thanks exclusively to that purchase. So thank you. I first got it at Gin Con one year, and this is before I got into <laughs> bourbon. Uh, and so we drank it because it was free. And it had a little jockey on the top, right? Mm -hmm. And it's shaped roughly like a video game power-up. Yeah. And uh, we actually just demolished the whole thing in a single game and because it was that delicious and good. <laughs> and shout-out to one of our great listeners and really good friends, Jeb Dale. When he came for Movie Day last summer, yes. he brought two bottles of Blanton's Blanton's in hand, yes. which I, if you were there to murder me and my family— and you showed up with Blanton's in your hands, I'm still letting you in the right. door. 50-50 trade there. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and I like Jeb, so it was just all win-win. So that's uh, mostly us praising Blanton's. Uh, as Caleb suggested, part of the whole premise here is that we're going to talk about current events stuff. So, Caleb, what current events thing are we going to muse about today? Well, um, we discussed it a little bit the night it happened. Uh, and this is the only part of the Super Bowl we will discuss, because otherwise it was horribly disappointing. Um, but... A week out, I can't decide how to feel about this new trend in Super Bowl advertising. Yeah. Um, and let me clarify why I am up in the air about it. So I am very psyched that social justice and progressive attitudes have gotten to the point where they hold market majority and can be used to feasibly make money and corporations are having to cater their sociopathic ethic system mm -hmm. to do that. Uh, so I'm psyched that there are, you know, immigrant ads and there's ads about, you know, non-traditional families and there's ads about being inclusive. I, I think that's great. At the same time, these ads are being run during the Super Bowl, which is ostensibly controlled by the NFL. It is the most capitalist endeavor. Yes. I think in terms of corporations that are evil, it goes like Umbrella Corp from mm -hmm. Resident Evil, mm -hmm. and then the NFL is just one down from Only there. slightly lower. If Goodall decided he wanted to destroy all of humanity rather than make money, he might top, you know, Albert Wesker or he something. certainly has the uh, opportunity. Uh, so 
they're cartoonishly evil. They have no compunction about anything. No, none. Um, and so the fact that this is sort of being uh, marketed to people with these Super Bowl ads, to me, in some way, makes me nervous that it signifies the death knell of you know social progress. Like yeah. the say it, it it killed social progress the same way that buying pre ripped jeans with safety pins in them killed punk at a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worried it's you know I worry like morality has been co-opted as a market tool, uh, and that this is actually just a sign of the end times and not something I should be happy about. But then I am a depressive, so I could not be seeing this straight. So I, I've had I've had some struggles with this. We did talk about it quite a bit the evening of the Super Bowl because it wasn't that there were a few ads that were espousing social justice. The overwhelming majority. It's that most of the ads were espousing social justice. So much so, at one point, I remember thinking to myself, where's the fucked up Doritos ad? Like, it just seemed odd that there was nothing there exclusively to make me uncomfortable or make me laugh. But almost everything was there to remind me that, hey, we're humans, and humans do this thing together. The most Super Bowl-y audit literally involved Spuds McKenzie again. Yes. Like, it was like you, you had to jump back two decades to get, like, a typical Super Bowl ad. Here's, here's, here's how I approached it, though. So I encountered it very differently than I've thought about it. I encountered it thinking... Man, I fucking love this. Like, this is great. And I think part of it is Kairos, right? This notion of at a time and a place, things are very time and context bound. And here we are a couple of weeks out from the Women's March, uh, a couple of days out functionally from the, you know, Muslim ban uh, and and the court ruling on that. And so then to see all of this obvious outpouring of, nope, nope, politics doesn't transcend humanity, politics doesn't transcend community, Uh, these human values are what bind us all together. So, you know, it doesn't matter who wins the game, it doesn't matter who you voted for, what matters is we're all people. I found it very heartwarming in some weird way. Maybe it's also because it was sitting in, these commercials are sitting in the middle of... um, you know, chunks of football that were boring for three quarters while the Falcons were winning and then depressing for a quarter while the Patriots were coming back. Yes. So maybe also the bookends on each of these commercials weren't great. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've thought about it in, in the post, though, I have found myself being like a little bit troubled by the whole thing. And I don't know if it's the because morality has been co-opted by the machine or I don't know if it's because I so passively entertained and enjoyed these things as they were coming to me, and I was not a critical consumer. Yeah. And so maybe I'm just disappointed in myself. And that could be because of alcohol. It could be because I was looking for something to remind me uh, that the fracture that I see on my Twitter timeline and my Facebook feed are not the real fracture that exists in the world. Um, so I was just, like, welcoming this stuff, drinking it up, as it were. But I don't know. I I don't know that it's unfair to say it was all a little bit um, placating. Yeah, it probably was. Clearly was. I mean, it's commercial advertising. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know that I'm willing to go so far as to say that morality has been co-opted by the NFL, for example. I think there's something kind of like uh, master's tools about the whole. You know, look, if we've got the money to spend during the middle of the Super Bowl to remind people that Airbnb values equality, like, ah, eh, yeah, fucking good for you, Airbnb. I mean, I kind of feel like. Part of this whole thing is is the ability to play the game so that you can get your perspective to become the dominant perspective in the game. And the Super Bowl may, may not be a better example of that. Yeah. Um, I think I really came to be more skeptical of it, like, perhaps days later, because I investigated that 84 Lumber commercial. Strikingly odd situation. So if you're not familiar, uh, the 84 Lumber commercial was cut in half by Fox because they found the encouraging of illegal immigration that it apparently was all about uh according to fox uh too 
too sensitive for TV, which this is Fox Network, everybody. Fox Network, that's what censors you on Fox. Yeah. Just FYI. Uh, anyway, um, so they cut out the half where they get to the wall, which is like fucking White Walker keeping people out tall. It's nuts. Um, and they get to a gate made of lumber. Presumably 84 lumber. Presumably 84 lumber. If not, terrible advertising. Um <laughs> And they come through the gate and are in America and everything is happy except for, you know, the years of economic exploitation they can look forward to. Uh, so following their Twitter post that, like, and people are like, crashing their servers. Yes. Trying we, to we, we tried watching the rest of the video, video immediately and couldn't get on. Yeah. So if you want to talk advertisement, like right. our website crashed. So many people look Hashtag at it. Hashtag break the internet. Yeah, yes. e- exactly. Uh, you follow the Twitter afterwards. They're apparently very in support of building the wall. And would very much like to have a wall contract. They just want to build a big-ass gate in it. Like that scene in Lord of the Rings where they're trying to get into Mordor. Mm-hmm. Like they're just obsessed with like, oh, God, that gate would be so fucking mm-hmm. cool, though. Mm-hmm. Look how, oh, God, it's so big. Someone the door lumber was turned on. Yeah, the like. Concept of a gate. And it was just like, yo, yeah, we definitely want to build a giant fuck-ass huge wall right. on the southern border of the United States. But we want this one big-ass, just monstrous huge gate in it. Come on, let us do that. And I'm just like, that's an insane idea. Yeah. Like, And not what I got from the commercial. And, and not what you got from the commercial at all. No, I'm absolutely. like, so did you intend for me to misread that and then let you build your, like, crazy spruce goose of a gate? Uh, or or I, there's just too many angles I can't see in it, man. It's it, also it makes me weird. nervous. It's also weird to me. And I also think that, like, so there's part of me that thinks all of this is disingenuous. And it's just it's just uh, companies trying to make money. You know, I'm thinking about like the the problems that Uber has had. You know, Uber's lost like millions of subscribers. I don't know if I told you this. I unsubscribed from Uber as a stand of solidarity. And when you unsubscribe, I think I told you this. Now they send you an email and and unsolicited, not asking me why I unsubscribed to Uber. The email says we want you to know that we stand with you on the Muslim ban. Okay, I mean, you're taking a shot in the dark there, but it's probably a pretty good shot in the dark based on how things are going for you. So I'm looking around at all of this stuff, and I'm saying, okay, all of it is obviously motivated by profit. So Airbnb letting me know that they value equality as a profit move. I get that. 84 Lumber letting me know that like they welcome people crossing through their gate uh, is a profit move. I get that. But then I come back to this whole, like, the thing that has concerned me most about uh, the nature of civility over the last three weeks is that it's, I mean, it's a fucking joke anymore. <laughs> I mean, what happened in the Senate last week with Elizabeth Warren and uh, Mitch McConnell? Uh, you know, I've just gone uh, around for the last week rule 19ing people, like when they're <laughs> saying things. I'm like, nope, rule 19. Uh, you know, and then this, like, rebuke that Mario Rubio, Mar- Marco Rubio had in the Senate about, you know, the need for civility in the American government. Um, you know, I look at all this and I go, I, ideally, I like that, much like ideally, I like the idea that major corporate, corporations really do believe in community values and humans. But I also understand that we, we may not be at a place in social discourse anymore where civility really will get you anywhere, because the uh, refrain from the sitting administration is, fuck civility, we're going to do what we want. Yeah. All caps, see you in court. And yeah. And the misappropriate use of a comma. <laughs> and so, so I also think that, like, I also think that, like, maybe uh, 
maybe you've got to spend the $15 million, $50 million to get a 30-second ad on the Super Bowl to talk about things that are meaningful, even though it means you're spending $50 million with the NFL and Fox, who are you know in cahoots on really this kind of like sham industry uh, uh, that, that punishes people. Yeah, I'm, I, I at no point aspire good intentions to corporations in any way, shape, or form. No, and this. you shouldn't. And I'm just, I'm just trying to decide, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Because like, I know they're doing it for negative purposes, but are we making a sort of social justice profit off the fact that in order to survive, they're going to have to start catering to morality as a market demographic? Or are we losing something in that morality has now become a market demographic and that it will therefore be cheapened and shaped by market forces, which are inherently sociopathic? I don't think it's like, bad. I don't think it diminishes social justice, though, to think that social justice as a, as a tangible entity, whatever that looks like, however it shows up as an organization or a nonprofit or whatever, I don't think it's bad to recognize that in order to be competitive, in order to be vocal in today's marketplace – you have to have money. And so the notion then that social justice can be economized, obviously, uh, and, and the world is full of those things, I actually think we kind of need to own that in some weird way yeah. uh, and accept that w- what's the alternative, you know what I mean, to, to shun capitalism, to shun the market and say, I'm not going to play the game as you've played the game. Well, then you don't get to participate. But I, I don't want Avril Lavigne social justice. I don't want like pop punk go social justice. You don't want social or- justice to marry Chad Kroger from Nickelback? <laughs> I, I broke Caleb. literally <laughs> I broke Caleb. <laughs> yes, I do not want that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I would prefer, like, if it was evil and honest Uber ad in some ways where they just, you know, showed you a whole episode of Homeland, which is weird that they took an hour out for that commercial break just to show a complete episode of Homeland. Mm-hmm. And then there was mm-hmm. a big use Uber at the end of it. But, you know, that's their own choice. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm torn on that. I don't want this facade of morality to replace morality because the market has the power to you know sort of do that um but at the same time if it's just like all the shit i buy doesn't support crazy racism right i i don't know if that's going to like i don't know if it's going to convince someone certainly it has a better chance than actually talking to them or any rhetoric because you know truth is dead uh but like if you're you know, your favorite lumber brand doesn't like hate everyone who's brown. Uh, maybe that will be more persuasive than, you know, reason or logic or sanity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. What's well, that? Oh, go ahead. Well, I think uh, in 84 Lumber's case is because they have to signal that, you know, half of I read recently that like half nearly half of the. Uh, construction workforce in Texas is undocumented. Yeah. So um, the and I'm sure there are similar proportions throughout. Uh, they're, 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 so they have to signal not only to the the workers but to the contractors that they are on their side because they're not going to deport. You know, they don't want half the work. If half the workforce is deported, then the demand for lumber goes down. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. within their own economic interests uh, to support. Uh, you know, open borders. Or sure. In that case, so. right. But nonetheless, uh, borders that have a swinging large wooden gate to open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here's my thing. Uh, you know, I was just waiting when I watched online for like the trolls with the chain to be whipped in that, like yeah, yeah. Legolas to jump atop the wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, what What in your mind is that line though between the facade of morality and morality when it comes to corporations? Uh Tom's shoes. 
yeah, let's buy some shoes that people in Africa don't need that we spent 50 cents on. They're going to fall apart the second they hit toe mm-hmm. um, and call ourselves humanitarian when I'm just like a fucking shoe company, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like doing shady shoe company shit like I normally do. Like, I really don't like it. I, I really don't want it to be like I really don't want morality become the word organic. Right. Like, I don't want it to be something you can fucking slap on anything to get a boost in your sales. You don't want to rather than having to, store. Yeah, rather than do anything worthwhile. What about, like, Samantha? So Samantha B had that promotion for a while that you could buy uh, uh, Nasty Woman shirts, and they would donate, you know, X percent of the profits to Planned Parenthood. I think they made, like, 600 grand. That, to you, would be more on the side of morality, less on the side of the facade of morality? Yeah, there's some money that goes away from the shirt. To the thing. Sure. Yeah. Or like our employees or our corporate culture honestly believes in this and we will enforce it amongst our staff. Sure. And we will do stuff like that. Like, And I, I get that that's a double-edged sword because you also get like you're not allowed to have birth control. Right. Uh, but at the same time, that's not going away. Like right. that's not going to go away. Uh, Hobby Lobby is going to be able to, you know, fire all their female employees and forcibly mass marry them to their male employees right. at right. any moment now. Um, but – uh, if we're gonna go that far, I would like other companies to be like, oh, you can't be racist and work here. Right. That's really not our market demographic. Is we're not catering to the racist set. And like, I would like to see that a more honest and uh, you know, uh, at least tangible donation to yeah. the cause of social justice. And, and like, if you get more sales off of that, that's just good marketing to me. Like, if you if you have nice guy marketing, that's actual nice guy marketing because you actually behave like a nice guy. Go for it. Uh, but I worry it's going to be very much, I'm signifying how nice I am. And that already exists in the world. And the fact that the NFL is doing that on their commercials for the fucking Super Bowl indicates that we have reached peak that to me. Because sure. Roger Goodall may be literally Satan. Like, just actual, <laughs> literal Satan. So this is the back half of that. This is the production uh, version of that. But the other half of that is consumption. So Samantha B makes shirts. X percent of those profits go to Planned Parenthood. I buy a nasty woman shirt, not because I care about the Planned Parenthood donation, but because I want to stick it to Donald Trump. Does that, for you, change the moral premise or the moral action of Samantha B and that organization? See, that's what worries me, because I think that much thought into it is about more than 80% of the consuming populace. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I have no, no illusions in my mind that the average consumer is going to require absolutely not even a second of googling to confirm a social justice agenda if mm-hmm. you say you have one uh to make sure if it's true or not uh so i, I worry that that's going to be very easy to signify sure and very easy to exploit and as such um i mean people have entitlement there's like neurological studies that show that like if you feel you're good enough you will do worse things sure if you feel like you've been good that day you'll make worse decisions like if you feel like you've made a couple of good decisions you're more likely to make bad decisions not because you're tired right but because you want to make the bad decision and the mental right. effort it would take you to do the good thing you feel like well i you know I ate celery and then I ate lettuce and 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 then I ate carrot. So now I can get this KFC double down in terms of like being not an asshole. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I worry when the entire market of capitalism becomes obsessed with that as like the new 
version of yelling extreme during soda commercials, uh, it's going to be, you know, really negative yeah. in terms of like the body, body politic. So know. where does that put you on the other end of the spectrum? So think about like Taco Bell, who has no, there, there's nothing social justice In fact, I found all my Yokiro Taco Bell dogs while I was cleaning out my bases. Minimalism. There's nothing social justice about the Yokiro Taco Bell dogs. Okay. Opposite. 84 Lumber would like to build a pen for those dogs to play. You called the Minimalism Podcast. You're like, fuck you. I'm keeping them. You can't make me. They have meaning for me. Yokiro the Taco Bell dogs. Okay. (laughs) But like Taco Bell, in an era of health consciousness, of organic foods, of treating ourselves better, of simplicity and minimalism, Taco Bell came out with a fucking. taco shell made of fried chicken and so they, they're so far on the other side of like social justice plugged into the community narrative that they're almost mocking the idea that someone wouldn't want to eat a fried chicken taco shell how does that make you feel other than full and a little bit blue <laughs> like the meta of that yeah i mean yeah i mean commit to it like that's I'm there. You can't argue that's right. not a, com- how, a how committed How do you commit move. to something? Fried chicken taco shell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, once you've made a fried chicken taco shell, that's crossing a Rubicon of sorts. Like, you're in it to mm-hmm. win the mm-hmm. war. That's right. Um, so I, I have to respect it for boldness alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that's the thing. It's not hard to shift tax on that. The year before in the Super Bowl, Budweiser's commercial was basically craft beer, fuck you, ninny, yeah. grow a pair of balls and drink some Budweiser. Yeah. Uh, it, it was basically, like, filthy hipster asshole, punch him in his beard, drink some Budweiser. And they went from that to... August, immigrants yeah story. Augustus noble story mm-hmm. through the to the Midwest and welcome to St. Louis I'm just like yeah that was one year's time right and that like that can't be genuine like that can't be a genuine shift right and absolutely that, not and, but I worry like even though that's plainly not genuine uh it's plainly is performance for you know market value right I don't know if regardless of the intention it will have a net positive or a net negative effect. right also a little bit just off base for them so so you know that's another question about authenticity then and maybe not so much around the community value question that we started with but you know anheuser-busch telling their story as an immigrant's tale of coming to america and what that really means and why immigrants coming to america are meaningful for our rich tapestry of culture you know it's not even not even a company owned by americans <laughs> yeah so now and they quickly immigrating with all of them <laughs> yeah absolutely right oops you you know, they <laughs> conveniently left off that part of yeah. the story. And then we sold to Europeans. Yeah. yeah. It seems odd to me. Um, okay. So what, what you're saying is, is it good or is it bad that uh, the bulk of the commercials during the Super Bowl were social justice commercials? Yeah. I'm not arguing about the intentions of the people making the commercials. Absolutely. I'm going to assume they're uniformly bad. And I think history is going to back me up on that. <laughs> uh, but I'm worried about like the effect on the body politic and the right. general like zeitgeist. So you would say bad? Uh, I don't know. I am concerned about bad. Right. Uh, and I-, I want to say good, but optimism never my strong suit right. has not been helped by 2017 yeah i i'm gonna say good and maybe it's the optimistic piece like maybe i'm reaching for it a little bit maybe it's also because i'm willing i, I want to uh, give myself some credit for having encountered it in a really positive way and i don't want to say well you were wrong um so there could be a little face saving here but i guess i'm just happy that in that moment any anything that a given company might have done could have been profitable um, at least they made the decision to be profitable and to uh, intertwine with, plug into a social narrative that I think was really important. So for that reason, I'm willing to fall more on the side of good than I am bad. Producer Ross? Uh, I just want to say this uh, critique of late-stage capitalism is brought to you by Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, and that's our first our first shot at hot takes on ice. Yeah, yeah. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll do a couple more of these. Uh, let uh, yeah, let us know, let you us know what you think of it in the comments. We're kind of experimenting here, so very much experimenting here. So thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye.